We're all about trying new things here. Is it what this is all about, isn't it? I don't know. Who knows? Can you even hear me over this? I mean, there's a crackle on the mic. Back at the desk, doing the desk thing. We had a sit down. It was a little bit hippie-ish. Now I'm in a green camo shirt, which you can't see because we're in black and white, so it looks grey. You're on Concrete Podcast, guys. What's up, kids? How are you doing today? I'm doing well. The weather is treating me nicely. We are officially heading into autumn because September is on the horizon. And that's a good, that's a very good thing. You know, we've been waiting for September. September is is the very, of the, the, the months within the year. Uh, you, know, you can also tell us getting September because I've now started shooting things uh, kind of in the evening. I'm actually, only, you know, like I was looking at my list, um, list of guests and, and kind of people I've got planned and all those kinds of things and things I've got to arrange. And I've only got five more people and then it's another year gone. We'll be in season five of the Island Concrete Podcast in January. That's pretty crazy. That's, 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 that's longer than I expected this to go, you know. Um, but it kind of brings me to a point. Like, I, I've said it before. I think I said it best in uh, one of the podcasts I did with Rob Egan. Which was just making sure my mic's recording. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, with Robbie, we were talking about the whole one percent theory, and I brought it up a little bit when I spoke to uh, Charlotte last week. And it's this whole idea that when you do projects and when you come up with ideas, that you're never really finished with them. It's not possible to be finished with them because they're constantly evolving. Even if you have a finished piece of work, this is the brilliance of. of online and media and all this kind of stuff is is we're constantly reassessing how things look and how things are which is what i find kind of insane about people who really want to lock in a meaning or a concept to one thing for the rest of eternity but i mean an example i could give so let's say you release a movie in the 1980s and then every year that movie gets re-reviewed based on new information new context uh, of how it was shot how it was produced how it was written cultural values blah 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 blah. by the time you get to 2020 that's that movie's changed the view of that will be completely different um because you know time plus investment of intelligence and theory um changes things i was was trying to make more of a a cogent uh, equation there but it just didn't come out as i wanted it to as things don't often the first time that brings me back to my original point. Good job, Graham. Okay, so you get a lot of people who do that. They really want to lock things in with one space, but I don't believe that. I think everything is constantly in progress, even when you've put it out, which is why I put out a lot of work quite quickly. You may have noticed this. I have, I do it quite a lot. I do it with uh, sketches. I often put out sketches. I also put out you know, podcasts. I do a little bit of writing. I keep churning is the way I do it. I keep, keep flooding my creations into the world and some people think this is bad i again i disagree i don't i don't think it's for everybody but i have a theory behind it i i have a thing so essentially when i do that i'm just showing my working right that's the way i think about i think that when i create work i'm just showing my working i've got my exam paper the exam paper being the project i want to do in the world and how that world receives the world i want to create and i just go okay well 
what I do at the end, the final piece, the finished product. I don't have any finished products. Ah, oh, there we go. The finished product. Coloring book. Um, you know, I've got a coloring book. This this looks better, and people connect with it more if they've seen how it was created. They've, they've seen, you know, where it came from, why I've drawn what I've drawn. It has much more of a lasting impact if you've if you've been a participant in the story, and that is essentially the whole idea behind artists on social media and creators on social media, is that you're engaging in that story so you feel more connected with the product when it gets to the very end. It removes that mystery. Now, that is bad for selling sometimes because sometimes people don't want to buy things unless they know the story, and sometimes people don't want to buy things if they know the story. They want that level of surprise and theory. Um, so, you know, just get something nice out of it. That's, the, you know, that's the, the drawback of trailers, movie trailers nowadays. We've, we've said this before on the podcast. They give away too much information. So the, the mystery of what you're going to see is just heavily removed. Anyway, I had a point, kind of squeezing back to it. And that's why I produce a lot of work. But also, I produce a lot of work because of the 1% theory. The 1% theory being that if you have an idea, you're at 0%. Because you've had an idea. You've had a baseline. you had a feeling. you had a... A weird, vague thought in the middle of the night, which you're now scribbling down, desperate to understand what you actually thought of and what you can actually turn that into. So you're at zero, right? Until you put some work into that, you're always going to be at zero. That's just the reality, okay? You can have an idea, and it just never becomes anything. But if you have an idea, and you put a little bit of work into it, you end up at 1%. Now... If you abandon that idea at 1%, where a lot of people do, you end up feeling bad, right? That's a, that's a, that's a thing. That's a feeling a lot of people have. There's a lot of defeatism, which kind of comes along with the 1% idea. It's People start an idea, and if it's not where they want it to be when they hit 1% to 5%, then they just, they just abandon it and go, well, you know, this isn't for me. This isn't what I do. This isn't how I want it to go. Therefore, I'm gonna, you know, I'm just gonna throw it away. I'm just, I'm just gonna discard it. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna do anything with it because why would I? You know, it's a failed project. It's not failed. It's just in the initial loading percentage. It's installing. I'm using a lot of computer met- metaphor. I apologize. Um, you know, you're installing. You, you're barely there. You've, you've like, you've started baking a cake and you've assembled the ingredients and then the first bit didn't go well, so you just gave up. Well, you don't give up. You keep going because it's cake. You just add more of other stuff. There's ways to get past that 1%. We'll get onto that slightly in a moment. But that whole idea is that you've got that initial attempt so that when you go back and you go, okay, what can we do with this? You're never really stripping it back to zero. You can't strip an idea back to zero, which you've already started. It's impossible because you've always got the memory of what you started, haven't you? You know, even if you failed, even if you dramatically failed and you approach it in a completely different way, the only reason you're going to do that is because you have the memory of the thing which failed. The thing which didn't work and wasn't how you wanted it to be, you are going back to correct that. So therefore, you're getting the second and third percents as you go. Now, why am I using such small numbers? Numerals. There's also a theory behind that. There's a theory behind everything. I don't know if this is like a... When I think of this podcast, right, and I think of what I do, all I really do is I take things which you already know, things which you know, feel, think, and I just break them down into a way which is understandable. That's all That's all I'm ever trying to do, right? I'm not solving anything. I don't say anything new, groundbreaking, or anything like that. All I do is take an idea which you know, a feeling, something you experience, and I break it down into a, a, a size and 
terminology which is essentially manageable. So you can move past Help yourselves out. Anyway, back to my whole idea. So I use really small increment numbers. Rather than going, okay, 10%, 20%, 30%. Because those, those are big numbers when you think about it. In the grand scheme of the world, you know, those numbers are, are, are leaps in terms of your project. Right? In terms of an artistic idea, in terms of a productive idea, in terms of a business idea, 10, 20, 30, 50% is, is a lot. So if you were to skip ahead, you know, five attempts in and go, yeah, I'm at 50%, that's a lot. That's a lot. You're saying you're halfway there. You may not be. You may not be anywhere near that. So I use, I use 1%. Because it's small. It's minute. You know, you've got to really increment these things. Which is my main point of the day. I had to get a bit of prelude out of the way. You know, we're a prelude podcast if we're going to do things on that way. We're a prelude podcast. You know, we uh, give you a little bit of, bit of banter, a little bit of little bit of idea to begin with, and then we move past it and we keep going. Okay, so back to the original idea. The idea which I haven't even mentioned yet. It's, it's, I got told that, that uh, people turn off in the first 30 seconds of a podcast, um, and they've already decided whether they want to watch the rest. So I preamble for the first 10 minutes, uh, just so I can kind of get, get, get those people out of the way, people who aren't really listening. Now onto the real stuff, the real gritty, theoretical, theoretical, wow getting sexy up in here. Um, theoretical jargon we're trying about. So what I want to say is, I think, and this is the problem with social media, is that we've created this system and world of imagining that everything is a quick process. Now I know that there's a lot of talk, and there's a huge thing of a lot of people um, talk about the whole idea that if you want to become an expert in something, you have to put a certain amount of hours working. I'm going to quickly Google what that is. But there's a certain amount of hours work um, which you need to... How many hours practice to become an expert? There's a theory here. Right? Okay, so it's the 10,000 hour rule. There you go. 10,000 hour rule, general rule of thumb, which a lot of people know about, but nobody actually applies. Just saying. Right? Everyone knows about it. Everyone's aware of it. And yet people are so easily defeated. So if you know a rule, and you know how the world works, and you go, okay, if I want to learn to become an expert in something, I need to practice for 10,000 hours. Some people will take that and then just devote their lives to it. Other people will take that and go, yeah, that's a really good idea, so it's not too bad if I fail so early on. And then they'll fail early on, and they'll just give up. But that's the rule. Now, that's a lot of hours, isn't it? That's a well-known piece of jargon as well. It's a well, well-known idiom, I guess. Is it an idiom? What's an idiom? <laughs> Today on Yelling at Concrete uh, podcast, we Google things. Idiom: a group of words established by usage have meaning on no, uh, uh, meaning not deductible from those of the individual de- words. Yeah, it makes sense. Phrase or expression represents figurative, non-literal meaning. Yes, it's a well-known, well-known idiom expression. Ten thousand hours to become a practice expert. Words are falling out of my mouth badly. So that's a whole theory. It's well-known in life, well-known everywhere. Most people know it. You know, you tell tell kids it. You go to practice, practice, practice. I follow a YouTube channel called um, Two Set Violin. Their whole uh, shtick is 40 hours practice a day or something like that, or a week. Um, 40 hours is what you've got to put in to become 
a great violinist. That's, they're hilarious, by the way. Check them out. I have no I, no like experience or knowledge of classical music, and I watch two side violin on a regular basis because it's hilarious. They're just fun people to watch. There's a lot of shows like that which I watch. I don't know anything about the subject, but you know, I'm going to watch that show. Um, but it gets across this idea that things take time, right? We've gotten so used to the world out there and everyone around us having instant gratification on things. So there's an expectation that when you attempt something that you're going to go instant, you know. That's the whole price of when you want to change something in your life. People go, oh, no, it's got to be instant. So they make dramatic changes. They make big changes. And they make dramatic, bold, sweeping stand- sentiments of, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And it's a, it's a rallying call to themselves and others around them to get support. And I understand that. I understand that people want that morale boost to say, I'm making a change, support me in my change. Not everyone will support you in change, just a heads up. We do that rally call. And then when it doesn't happen instantly, a lot of people give up. They give up and they say, oh, well, you know, slip back into old habits and stuff like that. Now, all I'm saying is that it's not bad to do the rally call. All I'm saying is that maybe do that rally call internally. Or if you do that rally call, instantly pull yourself back. Instantly delay that gratification and go, yes, I'm being fully supported. I'm going to keep this, you know, I'm going to bottle it. I'm going to put a little little emotional jar on my table and go, okay, yeah, you know, we're going to, we're going to take a little little 50 mil and go, all right, okay, I got a lot, of, a lot of emotional support from friends and family there. We're going to pop that to the side and we're going to go, all right, that'll be there through the process because the process is long. All of this is long. I think that's maybe what's, I don't know, I guess I'm an exception um, or maybe not, but it's a dangerous thing about how I put our work is just because I'm constantly doing things. And I've said it before, I'm compulsively creating. You know, it's not something which uh, I do, I guess, voluntarily at times. You know, I'm, I'm participating in it. But if I'm not doing it, I get sad. So it's, it's, a, it's a solution to me. So it's something which I, I just take on and I push into my own life. Um, you know, like the coloring book. You know, I started doing the daily drawings and I started going, okay, well, how, what am I going to do to make through? Well, I'm going to do daily drawings. Why? Because I already do daily drawings because that's already part of my life because that's something which I can just do. Um, it's not, no, you know, it's not an effort because it's just right there, but it's a process. I mean, this took, like I drew every day from, in fact, I can tell you the exact days this took from the 20th of the 3rd, 2020 to 17th of the 5th. Right, so that took two months, two months to draw every day to make this, not including the time it took to edit, create, test, price point, research, everything else which went into it. And this is simple, right? This is really simple because this is just a coloring book. I didn't really put much concept into it. This is a product for charity. That came out fairly quickly. Potatropy. The book I made came out in February. Copies are available. That took like two years. Two to three years of me just just, just chipping away at it. Like a little, little, you know, like a prison break. That's what it's like. It's like, it's like stitching a massive tapestry. You, you can't expect anything which you do idea-wise to be almost instant gratification. Now. Some of you out there going, Graham, this is ridiculous. You can do things on the whim and just make things. Yes, you can. But those things are rare. That's what I'm saying. 
those are rare moments, rare opportunities. They are just like when you see, you know, a 16-year-old who becomes a pop star and it rolls out because they put a video on YouTube. It's the Justin Bieber story. It's the, the, the thing. That's extremely rare. I think there's an interview with Bo Burnham who says it probably best. It's like, these things are rare. And we put them out there as like, yeah, no, this is attainable. You can do exactly the same. It's like, you, you honestly can. You know, there's what, six, eight billion people in this world? I don't know. There's so many people, people in this world. If that was not rare, it would happen constantly. Like, full on. You'd be grinding through 100,000 people every other day who are becoming superstars. That's, you know, that's the level of consistency you would need for that to be common practice. And it's and in a way, a lot of it doesn't even have anything to do with talent. It just comes to do with the right place and the right time. So when you are actually trying to create something and you're actually having a product and an idea and a theory or a book or a movie or even just like a recipe you want to put together, you've got to understand that that is always going to be a slow process. This is why I posted so much prior to potato be going out about that slow process about you know what i was doing to make it happen i didn't want it to just come out and someone to think oh you know he had this idea at the start of the year he set up this account and uh yeah he made a book you know it's that simple and i could do that too no it's it's not that simple even now like you know i've sold like so the reason i this kind of thought process came to mind was i recently sold the last in my initial batch, which I bought back in February, bear in mind I bought a batch big enough uh, for me to go do book fairs and stuff throughout the rest of the year. So it was like 20, 30 copies. So I bought that initial batch, that fulfilled pre-orders, and then I sold the rest gradually throughout the year. Now, I sold the last one of that this month, right? This month. So in August, I sold the last copy of that. That is a slow process. Not... It's not out there, you know, it's not something which has gone viral, it's not something which has broken the bank, and I never had the expectation of it to, because I wasn't focused on that success. I was prepared that the idea that it could, so I've got background ideas to say, hey, if this went, you know, we could instantly start work on these other things, which would give the audience a gratification, but that wasn't the, you know, that wasn't the end point, the end point was just getting out there, and then continuing it, you know, instantly, I already started doing the singles, like the daily the, the week, the, you know, the <laughs> singles daily week. It's twice weekly I put out a comic for Potato Boy. So I do like a, a fortnightly comic. I already had that in idea because I was like, I need to roll this idea on. I need to, just need to keep it rolling. That's the basis of it. That's the whole, whole crux. It's just that, yeah, it wasn't a short process. It was started with an initial idea, which even, even if you go back, right? So even if we go back way back when, so I think it was three years ago when I started doing zines, and I put out Null Point, and Potato Boy was just a character in Null Point, right? It was just a throwaway idea I had. I then developed that into doing more standalone stuff. That then had to be developed into what I could actually put in a book. That then had to be developed into a script, which then had to be developed into storyboards, which then had to be developed into sketches, inking, shading. I had to do an absolute pile of research on self-publishing and manufacturing that took three years it's not a short process no project is a short process okay you can have throwaway throwaway ideas 
moments for inspiration. But if you've got something you really care about, something idea which you're kind of really grasping onto, you've got to have that expectation that this isn't going to be a short process. If it is, great. You know, you might hit all the points. You might go in and start it, and then within a month you got exactly what you wanted. And that is fantastic, and I'm not diminishing that in any way, shape, or form. All I'm trying to say is, if you hit a hurdle at the first 1%, don't give up. Keep going. Keep editing. No writer writes a book. Right? That's a good one. No writer writes the book. No one writes a book and goes, okay. That's it. No edits. Done. Perfect. Mwah. Sorted. One take, Tony. Nobody nobody does that. No. They write it, and they go back through, and they correct all, correct all the spelling errors. And go back through, and they correct the grammar. And they go back through, and then they uh, hand it over to someone else. And then they go back through, and they change a bunch of stuff. And then they go back through, and they... It's a, it's a long process. There's like 20 copies of every book. You know. No one drafts one and puts it out. No one drafts one movie. This is the whole thing you see now. Like, people redirecting and recutting. How many cuts of Blade Runner are there? Jesus. You know, there's going to be a new Schneider cut. Schneider. That's a great name. Schneider. Um, I'm so Charles when it comes to words. You know, there's going to be a new Schneider cut. Um... Of Justice League, which obviously means it's going to be more slow motion, so it's going to be like three hours longer. Um, you know, a little, little Jack, <laughs> no, little DC joke in there. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's the whole whole crux of the matter. You got to be prepared to do many, and especially if you. I think it's a good mentality to have because if you start with the idea, if you start with the idea straight away and say, "Hey, this is this is draft, right? This is draft." Therefore, doesn't really matter how it comes out. It means you can throw away stuff. It means you can throw everything into it because you can go, all right, I'm doing draft one of whatever you do. It can this can literally apply to anything. I'm doing draft one, right? Draft. If you get to the end and you find it's perfect, fantastic, brilliant. You've done it, nailed it, hit the head, the nail on the head. I was going to say hit the head on the nail, and you've done it. You know, don't, you know, put it down and walk away. But if you don't, you get to the end and go, okay, well, I tried a bunch of stuff. You know, I threw a bunch of things in the mix to see what would occur. People hate. I I don't know. You know, I don't like to throw that word. But people hate to apply logic to creativity. And I'm sorry, but you kind of have to at some point. You know, unbound creativity is chaos and it's a mess and to be honest people die right unbound creativity is not sustainable if all you think is you've got one idea in your head and one one thought and one process and one thing you're going to put out into the world and you're going to kill yourself at the end of it that's unbound creativity if instead you're thinking you know what i like creating and i like pushing myself and doing these things you need to apply a level of logic to what you create because you're going to have to try and employ some, you know, sensibility to that. You can have moments of unbound chaos within that, but there's got to be some logic to it. There's got to be a little level of self-recognition and self-awareness in order to make that project come to life and get out into the world. So, I'm eyeing up October and November, right? Nothing much I can really do about it. We've got, like, what, four months left in this? Year? September, October, November, December. we got four months left. Four months. That's crazy. Well, it's not. It's just how the calendar goes every year. You'd, be, you'd think we'd be used to being surprised by the end of the year now. Um, so we've got four months left. So I've been eyeing up October, November. I've been trying to think of products and 
projects I can do and squeeze in just to get them out. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I can do Inktober again. Did it last year. Um, made my Muppet postcards, which are still available, by the way. <laughs> get some cheeky plugs in in this podcast. Um, so I made the Muppet postcards, and I went, okay, cool. Muppet postcards. Solid. Don't need to, don't need to think about it. And this year, because I've been having another idea, I'm thinking about doing NaNoWriMo as well, which means I'm going to run through October doing illustration, and I'm going to dive into November and try and write a novel in November again. I'm not looking at November like I'm going to write a bestseller. No. What I'm looking at November as is like I can dedicate a month to practice. I can dedicate a month to going, okay, let's just do something. Let's. I'm so fed up of not having that copy of the book I want to write. So why not just create that? Why not just go out of my way and go, all right, well, fuck it. We'll make it. It's part of a mini project. I can get other opinions on it, I can conversate, tongversate, I can tongversate, that should be a new word, no, no, none of this, no, none of this autorial dictonomy of words, no, we're going to tongversate with the world, sounds sexy, let's let's face it, we're going to tongversate, and yeah, I can get in contact and say, hey, you know, this is, this is what we do with the world, this is, you know, this is the book I'm writing, and what do you think, and here's some ideas, and how you doing this, how you applying those things, I've done it before, I've done a couple of NaNoWriMo books, and they will never be seen alive day, you know, I see it as a throwaway. I see it as a good way to blow off steam as well because there's no pressure. Same with Inktober. There's no pressure. Why are you putting pressure on yourselves to do these things? It's not pressure. It's meant to be fun. If you're not having fun with it, what's the point? That's why I did Muppets. You know, I wanted to just do something which is related to a thing which I like. So I was like, hey, let's do Muppets. So we did Muppets. Maybe this year I'll do Potatoes. Who knows? I haven't decided. I haven't decided what's going on with Inktober yet. Maybe I'll do it. I could use it as an excuse to draw what? It's 31 days in October. I can draw 31 Potato Boy comics. Yes, I could. There'll be no artistic skill involved because I'm so used to drawing a potato. But we could do it, right? And it'd be practice. It'd be part of the 1%. It'd be working towards Potato Tree Volume 2. That's what it'd be doing. It'd be great. All I'm saying is remember the 1% theory and remember that this is not a slow process this is important as well when you see artwork and you think why is that priced at like 200 pounds yes some artwork is overpriced that is a just that's just a fact of life but also for the majority of artists creators project builders everything has been a long old process to get to where it is so it's likely that price point has thousands of hours of work involved in it real talk Right. I have said my piece. If you're working on projects, remember it's a long process. Don't be disappointed when you get to the end and it's not what you think it is. You're just part of the way through the process. You're not at the loading percent you thought you were at. Okay. Leave it for a couple of months and go back to it. The work you've done isn't wasted. It's just waiting for you. On that note, I hope you guys are safe and well, looking after yourselves going into winter, and I will talk to you guys later. Bye.